turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Today, it's all about memory recall. Join us, Times of Refreshing, coming up next. How's the hymn writer put it? Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Well, that could be a good description of our time together today on Times of Refreshing. From the Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. Our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, will take us to 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we'll begin in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 1 with a message simply called Memory Recall, reminding ourselves of what God has done for us that we might continue to grow in His grace. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman now with more. He says in verse 1, verse 1 on down to 10, He says, every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall what? Remember. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you. To know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. I want to stop right here. This is beautiful because God takes us on a journey and oftentimes through through our journeys with him, just like he did with the children of Israel, there's going to be tests. There's going to be opportunities for us to maintain a posture of humility in our lives. It's necessary for where God has taken you, where you're at. Everything that you need and everything that God is using in your life is necessary to get you to where you're going. And for the children of Israel, all the tests, all the trials, all the humility that was necessary, God was helping to forge this so that their character would be right for where they were going. And all of us here have to see this. He says, you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what is in your heart, whether you would keep his commands. And sometimes in our lives, we're in a waiting pattern. But you can't see the waiting pattern as just nothing. God is forging humility in us that we learn that we are completely and utterly dependent upon God, that we can't do things in our own power. And the waiting game that God plays with us sometimes is just He's is, is testing our hearts to see where we really are. Are we just going to make it happen because we want it to happen? Are we going to wait on God? We have to remember it was God who is doing this in our lives to prepare us for where we're going. Don't flip out. Don't think that it's, it's not. David, he fought the lion, and when the bear came, he didn't say, oh, man, here he comes now. He just fought him. 
And he won. And it prepared him for Goliath. Now he had a point of reference. He had memory recall. If God did it there, and it's the same thing for us, we have to stop and say, God, help me to just just remember that I got to stay humble, that I can't make this happen, that, Lord, you're leading me, and, Lord, you've been leading me for 40 years, and I'm here, and you've never let me down. I want to keep this in mind. As you're going through this journey, this is what we want to do. He says in verse 3, so he humbled you. He allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor your, did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. But man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Can I have an amen to that? Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You are sustained by what God has said. If he said he was going to keep you, you will be kept. If he said you're going to make it, you are going to make it. If he said you're going to get a breakthrough, you are going to have a Blake breakthrough. If he said he's given you the victory, he is going to give you the victory. Can I have an amen? We got to get back to the place where, Lord, I don't even have to see it yet. I just want to know you said it. And if you said it, you are not a man that you should lie. You will bring it to pass in my life. And I just got to continue to stay in tune with who you are. This is what we've got to learn to do. And this is what kept David, his mind, he remembered God's victory. He's going to give me the victory just like he did before. Same thing for us. Saints, we have to stop worrying about what we see and start considering what we, what he said. If he said it, he's going to bring it to pass in your life. Rest in that. Start talking about that. Let people know. Well, I don't see nothing. I don't see it yet, but I will see it because God said it. He said it. This is what he's going to do. And it has to be so clear to us that man shall not live by bread alone. But He says, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you. Nor did your foot swell these 40 years. You should know in your hearts that you should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son. So the Lord, your God, chastens you. Think about this. God's dealing with you and I as with children. And he's dealing with us as as the people of God. And sometimes in our lives, God has not kicked us out of the house. He just gave you a spanking. Don't think that God hates you now. If whom the Lord loves, he chastens and rebukes and scourges every son in whom he receives. You should be happy you got a spanking. You know you deserved it. If God is if God is getting on you and you still feel the presence of God and you still feel God's conviction and you still feel God in your life, you better thank God. Can I have an amen? Because God's spirit is not always going to strive with man. We should be happy that I feel, man, I feel convicted. Praise God. Man, I shouldn't have did that. Why did I do that? And what, what happens is we'll, God will get on us about something and when we'll start we'll start acting like God doesn't love us or that God is kicking us out and that and all I'm saying to all of us here is we have to stop and say man God he loves you enough 
to chasten you, and all of us should be grateful that we even feel that kind of conviction in our lives. That, man, thank you that you convicted me, God. And I know you're mad. I know you're mad. I messed up. I shouldn't have did that. If I could take my words back, I would, God, but I can't. But here I am. Help me. Can I have an amen, y'all? And, 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 and he's doing this because when you're going through this process with God, he's preparing you for where you're going. So working on your character is part of it. Saints, if I'm up here reading something that God said, stop blaming me. I didn't write this. I'm not going to church there because he preaching on stuff. and I know I'm not right. And, you know, but, you know, hey, listen, if God is convicting you over something that I said, then just, you know, take that up with God. Every time I go to that church, I get convicted. I don't even feel like going anymore. Well, then get your life right. Can I have an amen, y'all? I'm just trying to be the messenger here. He says in verse 5, you should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks and water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees, of pomegranates, a a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills will, can, you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. You know, I, when I saw these first 10 verses, the thing I wrote down was provision and direction. And I'm saying it over and over again. Because look how far God has brought you. Look how he's order, ordered your steps. We have to remember that. We have to constantly take into mind all these things that God is doing to prepare us for where we're going, the, the little victories we do have, the way in which God does correct us while we're on the path, and how God has taken us through this journey, and he's more than anything else working on us. But his provision and his direction are clear. God wants to give that to us, and we have to remember that. You can be in the midst of. You've you got to think about this, saints. God told the children of Israel that they were going to go to a land that was flowing in with milk and honey. He told Mil- Moses to give them the direction to go in and liberate them from Egyptian captivity. And the first thing that happens to them is they find themselves on the run, needing a miracle to cross the, 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 the Red Sea, and then they're in the wilderness. Exactly the opposite of what he said happened. And sometimes in your life, you're going to experience the exact opposite of what God is saying. But just keep believing what God is saying and what he said will come to pass in your life. And you can't let the circumstances dictate to you whether you're in the good place or not. Because sometimes it's God that's leading you to this kind of place. It's God. And we have to remember that before we get to that place or we arrive at our destination, there's going to be moments where God has you where you have to stop and you have to remember 
Man, what did God say? Honey, what did God say? Kids, what did God say? Brothers, what did God say? I need to call somebody up that can just remind me about what God said. I don't need to hear another something right now. I want to hear what God said. This is what's sustaining me. What God said is sustaining me right now. What he said he was going to bring into my life. And all of us have to think about this, his provision and his direction. Then in verse 11, he says this. He says, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, his statutes, which I command you today. Less. Now watch this, saints. I, wrote, I preached a message years ago, way, a long time ago, over 10 years ago, called the blessing zone. You enter into a zone with God where God is blessing you. And people in that moment, you see here in the scriptures, in that moment, they start taking their eyes off God. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments. Verse 11, his judgments and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them. And when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied. And all that you have is multiplied. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do good in the end. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. You know how God will bless you real good. You know God, how God will he'll, he'll do something for you that is awesome. And he'll use your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your mind. God will open up a door for you that is so wide and prosper you. You know how God will just, he'll just come in and by his, because of his love and his grace and his mercy and his compassion for us, God will come in and he'll put you in a position that you know that you should not even be in. You're not qualified for it. God will open up a door and then we will turn around. And say, man, look what I did. Man, I went to school for 10 years. And I finally, I did it. And you know how I, whoa, I used to be broke. But man, I started this business and I just, man, I just worked all my knowledge and my intellect. And I met the right people. And I got connected to the right person. I just knew if I could meet that brother that I could blow up. And our door would be open for me. And look what I have done. And you know, I give God a little money, you know, because I know God is good. But look what I did. I'm bad. I knew I, I, knew I was going to find the right one. I searched and I searched and I searched. And finally, look, I did it. And, and we go through all this process. And we don't necessarily say it out loud. Because a lot of us know better than that. 
But in our hearts, we start thinking at, look at what I've done. And we start looking at the works of our hands. And we start looking at the works of our hands as if we've done it in our own strength. And we fail to realize that unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor, labor in vain that build it. And if, unless the Lord guards the city, the watchers, they watch in vain that it is God who does it. And God is telling the children of Israel, he's reminding them in the book of Deuteronomy, the same book that David was reminded of. And that caused him to understand the value from a youth of remembering that you, you have to keep God first, that it's God. You can do all that you can in your own strength, but your own strength will not be enough to sustain you and open the door that only he can open. Can I have an amen? And unless God, unless you remember God keeping your marriage, I don't care how many marriage classes you go to, if God doesn't get involved in your marriage and start dealing, getting into the intricacies and all the details of your marriage, your marriage is not going to survive. I don't care how many conferences you go to. I don't care how many people you talk with. I don't care how many people you meet. Unless the devil is bound by the power of the living God and he gets down in your spirit to contain you and control you, it's not going to work. i got to preach. I'm about to start preaching up in here. Because it takes God. I don't care how prosperous your business is. Unless God sustains your business, your business will not be sustained. But we get lifted up with pride. And we start forgetting where God found us. And how God sustained us and how God kept us. And how God plucked you out of the pack and put you over here. And how God separated you from all the mess that was in your family. And you didn't get, get caught up in it, but you were surrounded by all kinds of mess and all kinds of junk. And everybody thought your whole family was wrong, but your mind was right. And you got out of the situation and you came to Jesus and you went out. I'm having recall. I'm having recall right now. I'm having recall up here. I'm, I'm having recall right here. Because I know I shouldn't be up on this stage. I know I should have made it out of Lompoc. I know I should have been. And how dare we now, after God done saved us and brought us out, we start thinking it was us. It wasn't us. It was God. It's God. It was his provision. And I like this, his protection. It's his provision, his direction, but it's also his provision and protection. You see God keeping you. You see God sustaining you, delivering you from the house of bondage, he said, from the scorpions, from the thirst and parts, parts, thirsty and parched land. But God, he protected you, hovered over you. And kept you. He's given you direction. His provision and direction. But he's given you provision and, and, and protection. Some of you have been in abusive relationships. All kinds of stuff. But God kept you. Look at my own family. That's why I had to stop for a minute here. And just, I mean, man, I know. So how, how, can you ever, how can you ever not give God all the glory for what he's doing? Look what he says in verse 18. We're going to close this out. He says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he 
who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Then it shall be. If by any means. He says, if he says, then it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord, your God. And follow other gods and serve them and worship them and testify. He says, I testify against you this day that you shall perish. As the nations which the Lord destroys before you, you shall perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord, your God. Moses, I love this. He's he's setting a precedence within the nation of Israel. That no matter what happens, don't you forget about God. No matter what you go through, always have memory recall. He's he's setting the table for them as a nation and the young shepherd boy by the name of David. He's read these scriptures and verses and he understands that remembering God is all important. It's it's something that I have to do and remembering what he's done and remembering the lion and the bear are just a part of my nature. Because God did it for them and against them. God can do it for me if God did it for Moses. And my forefathers, he can do it for me. If God did it for Peter, he'll do it for you. If he did it for Apostle Paul, I'm telling you right now, he'll do it for you. If he did it for Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, that he'll do it for you. If he did it for your mama, he'll do it for you. If he did it for other members in this church, he'll do it for you. And you got to remember what the Lord God has done. And, and you got to remember how far you've actually come. The devil just wants you to forget. But we got to establish a culture within this church. And when people come knocking on the door of this church and, they, and they're dealing with stuff, we got to start asking them about not, not what they want God to do for them now, but let's talk a little bit about what he did before. Because that's going to give you the faith to believe him to do what he's getting ready to do now. Let's talk about it. What did he do before? Well, now that I think about it, last time I was broke, he did see me through. And you telling me, yeah, if he did it before, he'll do it again. Last time I was sick, I thought I was done. But God got me off of my deathbed, Pastor, and he'll do it again. He'll do it again. You and I just have to remember what he's already done. Lord, we come before you today. And this morning, we pray that you would help us to have memory recall. So many things you've done in our life, we just forget. We get older and we start going through life's journeys and we forget those memorial stones. We forget those moments that you You've kept us and you've kept us together. You've kept our marriages together and you kept us in our singleness. The last time somebody tried to tempt you as a single person, God kept you saying that Lord help us to develop this type of mindset that this is part of the culture of this church, that we're constantly mindful of the things that you have done. And our hearts are filled with gratitude. 
Lord, you took in the book of Deuteronomy and you gave 20 verses. Three times in those verses, you used the word remember and you took the whole chapter, God, to remind the children that they needed, the children of Israel, that they needed to remember you. Help us to never forget. Help us to never turn to other gods. Help us to never be a church where we compromise the standard so that we can get more people to come to our church. Help us to never forget that it's you that gave us everything that we have. And you're the one who opened the door. And you're the one who blessed people that they might be a blessing. That you are the source of all the blessings. And we're just conduits of blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. A production of the Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. Now, there are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925 925- Two nine two seventy eight hundred. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community, twenty three thirty three Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California. The zip code nine four five five one. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding.